Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by FanDuel. We are back for our second 2023 NFL draft betting update. Yours truly, Brendan Glasheen with Luke Swain and Travis Reed. We're taking you up until draft week, five weeks away, scheduled for Thursday, April 27th, and it's being held in Kansas City this year. So Travis and Luke will join every week. If you missed the first one, I suggest you go check it out. The pilot episode, really good stuff. A lot's changed since then, but we look forward to having more. Um, Let's lead off today's discussion because when we did not do an episode last week, (laughs) the Bears and Panthers got busy and they made a trade. Number one pick going from Chicago to Carolina. DJ Moore to the Bears. The top 10 pick also going to the Bears. 2024 first, 2025 second. That, that's not related to what we need to discuss. The Carolina Panthers with the number one pick in the draft. Luke Swain, your initial knee-jerk reaction when you saw the deal. So you see the deal, like, I think the, everyone's initial reaction was if it was for Stroud, which mm-hmm. our last show we kind of got into it where I've always thought it was going to be Stroud um, for reasons that really, like, so we had Bryce Young, who had a lot to talk about because of his size. And then you have Richardson, where there's a lot to talk about because of his inexperienced and elite athleticism. And then it just feels like Stroud has never been talked about, and he has never been hyped because really there isn't anything to talk about. Where the two other guys, there's a lot to talk about for negative reasons. Um, and Stroud is kind of just been there been the elite prospect and for the exact reasons that there isn't a lot to talk about is why I've always thought he was going to go one so with that being said the odds completely flipped Stroud got all the way up to minus 400 I want to say Um, and as the days have progressed so there 
it's gotten a week or two out. He started to come back down, which was expected because the initial reaction, everyone freaks out. And exactly, it was exhibit A of why this market is so sensitive. Everyone freaks out. They bet Stroud. It balloons up to minus 400. Um, and now it's starting to come back down where this really does feel like a scenario of the Niners trading up a couple of years ago to the number three pick where you have Stroud almost as if he was Mac Jones, where he's the guy everyone's assuming they're getting, <laughs> but you also have this elite athlete in the back, in the background, who was Trey Lance, who would be Anthony Richardson, um, that everyone is kind of rumbling about right now. I, I still feel like it's Stroud, but it, the indecisiveness is starting to creep in naturally with everything being talked about. Okay. Travis Reed, your latest thoughts, maybe take us back in time. What you initially thought when Carolina traded up to get the number one pick. Yeah. You knew we always thought it was going to get traded. just a matter of who um, Carolina was one of the teams that was most desperate for a quarterback. So it makes sense that it was them. And you, by giving up everything they gave up, I think everybody thinks Chicago won the trade um, despite Carolina doing what it had to do. I do think it's interesting that you make that move this early in the process without knowing which guy you want. At least that's the reports that came out to me. If you're pulling the trigger on this trade, you know, the guy you're going to get. Um, so I, I thought that was the most interesting thing that happened this early in the process. And now they're still going to go to all the pro days and all that uh, and then decide which one they wanted. Um, but, you know, maybe they just, you know, Chicago probably just played their hand really well of, Hey, we're getting this offer. Hey, we have this offer. You got to give us your best right now or else somebody else is getting it. And so they just pulled the trigger on the deal. Um, I do think it is Stroud. Uh, like he said, he's still the most, uh, he's still a favorite, but um, yeah, the fact that they said they have not made up their mind does kind of call back to last season uh, and previous seasons of, okay, well, we thought it was going to be this guy, but maybe it's actually it's somebody great. else. Like, I do believe that it was Mac Jones at one point, and then it just became Trey Lance for whatever reason, whoever was making the call. Um, and it very well could be the same thing where they traded up with Stroud as the guy, but Richardson has that crazy, like, athleticism that it could change someone's mind. And it might as well, it could, same with Bryce Young. Um, there's going to be, I mean, we've, we're even getting reports that which I don't buy into at all that the Panthers are willing to trade out. Like every angle is going to be thrown at us. Um, and it really is like, it, it's just, it's, it's going to be a ride, um, well, I, it, which I can't, because chaos is good again. Like I've said before, it is good. It, it, it suits us well for this kind of podcast. It, it creates chaos, creates a market to bet into for the draft without chaos. We'd have, minus infinity odds or just wouldn't be offered if we uh, so the chaos creates opportunity that we can leverage without the chaos like there'd be nothing to bet or they'd have nothing to offer well we've immediately learned a lesson too from our first episode in terms of when you bet this kind of market as luke said all the money comes in on stroud the lines change and what do you know? You look at FanDuel as we record to you on a Wednesday afternoon, Bryce Young plus 150, CJ Stroud minus 150. And the difference with the Mac Jones year, you had Lawrence, you had Wilson. Those two guys, those first two guys, Lawrence Fields. and Wilson were consensus. And Fields, right? which I guess Fields could be the Bryce Young um, comparison. But yeah, it's it's a very similar year in terms of 
there are a bunch of quarterbacks that can go in the top five, top 10, but there really isn't a consensus like alpha Trevor Lawrence. And reading the tea leaves, Travis dropped this in our chat before we got started today. Albert Breer uh, reporting the Ohio State Pro Day, a lot of Panthers representation. So, Travis, you shared that. So, when Luke says the rumor mongling about Carolina trading one, and we can move on after this, but I don't think they're going to trade one. No, okay, but, yeah, but okay, but the fact that it's even being put out there, right. how can how can we possibly believe that when you've got this whole list? Frank Wright, uh, assistant GM Dan Morgan, the offensive coordinators going, the scouting directors going, another scout, like everyone, like are their wives going too? Like <laughs> it's a whole party going to. Ohio State Pro Day for C.J. Stroud. Yeah, and the one that stuck out to me is the owners. I'm not familiar with how often owners go to Pro Days. Uh, It's not uncommon, especially if you have the number one pick for a lot of your staff to go. Um, But that was the one that stuck out to me was I don't think I've seen where the owners are actually kind of hands-on going to look at a potential number one pick. So we'll have to monitor that um, if they take the same group to, (laughs) to Alabama or to Florida's Pro Day or anything like that, then it means nothing. But if that contingent gets a little bit smaller, um, that would tell me that, okay, they are leaning towards Stroud. Bama's tomorrow, I think, so. Yeah. Shouldn't have to wait long. And I mean, and for what it's worth. Maybe it it's is, a party bus. All right, we're going to go from Ohio State down to down. It is Ohio State. So, I mean, like, there are a lot of guys to look at at this pro day, probably in terms of all of the pro days. Ohio State has the most that you'd want to look at for – like they have other picks and just the number one. Right. Um, so I will get, I want to get back to the Panthers briefly when we discuss how free agency has impacted the draft, because the Panthers were busy spending money with veteran players, but let's discuss other spots in this top 10, top five. There's been chatter about the Arizona Cardinals. Will they stay at number three or will they trade down? And are the potential partners Mel Kuyper, has the Colts, Kuiper's latest mock, has the Colts moving up to take Will Levis at three, and that would allow Arizona to get some more capital, drop down to four, and grab a defensive player. Will Anderson out of Alabama is the the player Kuiper brings up. Luke, we'll go to you first. Arizona moving down. Does it make sense because they have Kyler Murray, even though he won't be ready to go at the start of next year? So I I think everyone is assuming that they're going to trade out almost as if it's going to happen like the bears did, which I think is part of the holdup with books kind of stalling on releasing over-unders where usually they release the top five guys, et cetera, first. And it's definitely makes it almost impossible to set a line for someone like Will Anderson uh, when the team that is very favored to take him could very well move up where if you set a line at three and a half for Will Anderson, let's just say, and then they trade out, that three and a half very well could be middled on an over three and a half, and then let's say under seven and a half or whatever it is. Um, so I think I would say it's very, I would lean it's going to happen, but I don't think it's as much of a certainty as I think it's perceived right now where Levis feels like he's kind of losing some steam in terms of going as early as he's been mocked where mm-hmm. like Jeremiah released his mock who probably the most influential mocker out uh, where he had him all the way to 19, which he said in the context that if he fell, he just put him at 19 to Tampa because he would see them trading up 
to take him. Um, so he wouldn't really actually get to 19. Uh, but he does feel like he's falling, which the Cardinals trading out is for one of two reasons. The Colts trading up because they want to make sure they can get their guy or the teams like the Seahawks, Raiders, Falcons maybe trading up to get a quarterback. And if guys like Levis are starting to lose steam, that really hurts their the Cardinals leveraged to leverage that pick because if you don't have to trade up for a guy like Levis, if he's falling, he might not have to trade. Um, so I think it's less likely than it's perceived, but definitely very likely. Cardinals could add a second and a third, and then, of course, just drop back one spot. Travis, does this make sense when you consider the risk of letting a Will Anderson drop? Because it's about, and, and it's laid out in Kuiper's mock, where if you drop, and just going off Kuiper for now, I know Luke brought up Jeremiah, we'll get to him in a minute. But if you drop down to four, or say you let the Colts move up, at what point do the Cardinals cut themselves off? Cutting them, uh, dropping down where they miss out on an impact player defensively. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the big question. Um, and but really, this is a brand new regime, uh, so I think they're going to have some rope to where if they wanted to drop down, they could. Uh, they're also not a defensive player away from doing anything. Um, they're they're going to be pretty bad next year. That's just kind of a given. So it's not like, oh, we have to get Will Anderson or else we're going to go, you know, seven and nine Europe, you know, that's your ceiling anyway. So um, if they get a big package, because they need a lot. So if they were to trade with the Falcons or the Raiders to move up four or five spots, I think that makes sense. Um, And this is really where the draft starts. We don't know the guys at one and two, but number one is going to be a quarterback. Number two is going to be a quarterback. So really what happens at three And we know at four, the Colts desperately need that quarterback. Um, So if they're, you know, if, if that's Anthony Richardson and another team wants to leap, they know they have to get to three. So I think that's why there's this consensus that they're going to trade out because it makes sense. Um, And I think you could even get like some dark horse team. I mean, like the Titans, if they really want to go all in, it doesn't make sense to me, but if they want to do it, um, you know, and Arizona just gets a ton of picks. I, I could see them doing that as well. So um, I, I think there's a good reason why that's that's the big hot spot because there's two teams at one and two want a quarterback and the team at four wants a quarterback and there's a I think there's a pretty big gap between those top three quarterbacks and Levis. I've seen a couple mocks recently with the Cardinals trading back and taking Christian Gonzalez at like six or seven. I don't think it's like a total bust that they don't get Will Anderson. Where I think they very well could have a plan B that is not far off being Christian Gonzalez because I mean. Like Travis said, like not one guy is going to fix this team um, where Christian Gonzalez is somewhat of the prototype corner. I also don't think them going back to pick seven with the Raiders, I don't think it's settling for Christian Gonzalez. I still think that would be a guy that would work out well. And Zerline actually came out right before this show speaking to how the Colts aren't actually a lock, he doesn't believe, on taking a quarterback, huh. which... Zerline is like one of my favorites, honestly, and he's brutally honest on Twitter. And the whole mock draft, I guess you could say, is the most groupthink product that exists. It is a highly clickable product that is very copycat, where right now we are in peak groupthink mock drafts. But Zerline is very like he does. I don't sometimes I don't even know if he reads anything else. 
But he was said he basically was speaking to how the Colts could very well be in on Lamar. And I would and Ballard being a lock to take quarterback is very far off from being as much of a consensus as it is currently, uh, which Zerline provides those tea leaves that I actually buy into most of the time uh, that you won't see anywhere else. And usually it's in the replies of his tweets. So, yeah. Uh, one thing I'll, I'll bring up with that with regards to group sync, I, I looked at last year's draft, kind of what everybody had at this time. And Malik Willis was like 10th overall. Like that was the consensus yeah. of where he went and he ends up going in the third round. So this idea that, okay, everything right now is kind of what it's going to be in a month is definitely not true. So if you do hear some like off the wall takes that, that does not mean it's wrong. Yeah. And like everyone, Jeremiah came out with his mock yesterday and it was very outside of the box. He had a bunch of guys that no one is seeing in the first round up until now. And like I cut and everyone was saying it was quote unquote, a fuck it mock out of Jeremiah. He just wanted to like, because Schrager is like very notable about his second to last mock Schrager has always put out. He kind of just goes crazy with it. And he has said that he does that so that he can get a gauge on reactions from notable people by uh, that he wouldn't get if it was just a consensus group think mock. Um, so after Schrager came out saying that now everyone kind of defaults to if they see a mock draft that is so outside the box, they just default to it being a fuck around mock, uh, which I don't totally buy because of the peak group think that we're in right now, where just because Jeremiah, who is probably the most highly respected draft analyst that exists. Why do you say that? He's worked in the league under Joe Douglas. So he has experience in the front office out of the mock mock drafts that I track and have a rating for. Uh, he's right up there in terms of like the highest rate of mock drafters that we, that I keep track of. Um, and then it, like just, his analysis is very digestible um, and he gives tea leaves and details about what he's hearing to his listeners. Um, that is the type of context that is very leverageable. Um, so he's just the guy. I think everyone thinks he is a guy because he really, it's like, he's not a cliche in terms of being the top draft analyst. He's a cliche because he is. Jeremiah's mock who he's, he did it with Tyree Wilson. Who's starting to fall a little bit. He had a couple yeah. of guys in the first round that everyone's saying it's a fuck around, which it's just so off the cuff cusp that it's against the grain of the group. Think that I don't think, I think we actually have to take with the grain of salt um, moving forward where he had a bunch of guys um, that are risers. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Example being, so if you have, if you want to take, so the cornerback market for first cornerback drafted is a market that's available right now on FanDuel. Christian Gonzalez, the favorite minus 150. Then there's Devin Witherspoon at plus 175. Well, Witherspoon actually goes in Jeremiah's mock sixth overall to Detroit a team, and this relates to our discussion I want to have about free agency impacting the draft. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the trade for Sutton. I mean, they, I guess they could. The Lions could load up in that secondary. It's an important piece in a passing league. But Jeremiah, back to the point, Jeremiah has Witherspoon going six. He would be the first corner off the board. And then Gonzalez, eight to Atlanta. So that does not reflect. I guess what I'm trying to ask, Luke, is you look at Jeremiah's mock. Mm-hmm. then how do you weigh that against the market, what the odds are telling us at FanDuel? Just using corner as an example. So he, so there's a couple of guys that Jeremiah like loves this year, uh, and Witherspoon is one of them, where he, I think he has Witherspoon like sixth on his big board. So I do believe guys like Witherspoon going ahead of Gonzalez is very possible. Uh, I think Witherspoon is going to be more of a fit for a team in order for him to go ahead. Uh, where Gonzalez can just go to any team, but he loves Witherspoon. He loves Kincaid. So I just kind of, with that, like, it's very possible. I have a Witherspoon first corner from weeks ago, uh, but he also, like, I do believe he's just going to have Kincaid ahead of Mayer, Witherspoon ahead of Gonzalez in most of his mocks just because he has him personally rated higher, which okay. makes it possible because if he does, which, yes, he is respected, he used to be in the league, that very well could be a team sharing his opinion against the grain of the consensus on the other two. Okay. Travis, I don't think his odds are bettable right now on Witherspoon though right now. Like I think he's like 180 plus 180, which I, that's, it should be higher. Yeah. Down, down to 175. Same. Just about the same um, is what you said. Uh, Travis, any thoughts on when you look at Jeremiah, I know we've brought up Kuiper a few times and when you weigh those projections against what the market is as the market moves. And I'm talking, I know we talk quarterback for quite a bit, but when you look at those other markets, corner, first defensive player, first receiver, et cetera. Yeah, I, I do look at that. And I mostly just make like a composite ranking of a few of these and then just see how close they are. See if they're in the same tier um, is one guy clearly ahead of another one. And that's how you can um, kind of make some bets. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but um yeah, I think that's how you do it. You don't just say, oh, well, he's ahead of him in this mock, so I'm going to take him at plus money because that's a good right. bet. Um, it's more of, okay, if I look at you know these 10 mocks and he's ahead in like eight of them, um, then you can start to make a better line of, okay, here's what the true line maybe should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can make your bets like that. But um, one of the things he said with Jeremiah, which is hard for all of us to do, is we all have opinions on these players. Right. But that's not the goal of the market. You're trying to predict what other people think of the players. So right. you kind of have to erase that from your mind. Um, like, it doesn't matter what I would do with Will Levis. I have to think of, okay, what are these teams going to do with Will Levis? Um, so it's kind of a lot in thinks of, of NFL draft betting. That's how you have to think of it. 
Oh, my mind is my mind's twisted in a pretzel, though, because if you're telling me you respect Kuiper, you respect Jeremiah. Well, I'm looking at the board and what they've got. Kuiper's got Levis going third, and then Jeremiah's got Levis going 19th to Tampa. Yeah. So if I, me being the consumer trying to, you know, Travis, what was the line you just said? You got to think the way the the teams think. Well, based on that, I don't have a fucking clue. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's the thing. None of us do right now. Um, and, and they don't either. They're kind of giving their best guess. And like you said, we're six weeks out. Once we get once we inch closer, we'll get a better idea. And we've also only gone through the first wave of free agency. There's going to be a second wave and a third wave. And that'll start to paint the picture a little bit clearer as well. Of OK, now we actually know these team needs. Um, you know, will we see a Lamar Jackson trade? Will Aaron Rodgers actually be on a team by then? You know, this will start to clear up and then we'll actually have a better picture of what, what's going to happen. So, I, I mean, Jeremiah had Hendon Hooker in the first round yesterday, which, yeah, that's a little crazy. But um, which uh, that Hendon Hooker in the first round at like pick 25, I think it was, was the one that definitely ruffled some feathers um, against the grain. But Zerline this morning also said that he thinks Ballard has interest in guys like Hooker. Um which would be like a second round target if they don't go QB at four, um, which I just love the chaos, which like him saying that probably moved the line a little bit, which is how sensitive it is. Um, but yeah. We're recording to you on a Wednesday, folks. If you're looking, Jeremiah's got one up on NFL.com from Tuesday. And then Kuiper, I think, came out with the latest mock on Monday. So just reference points. If you're like, what are these guys talking about? I, I, okay, so let's spend some time on this. Then we'll get into some bets. Free agency movement to this point. So Travis brought that up. You're going to have your first wave, those marquee moves at certain positions, Day one, the day one moves, then you get your second tier moves. But I think what you're trying to say is now a, not a tier, but a wave, the next wave of free agency. But let's discuss, since we last spoke, a lot's changed. Quarterbacks about the same in terms of the big names. Now, I know Rodgers and Jackson don't count. I'm talking free agents now. Garoppolo, Carr, Andy Dalton to the Panthers. So they've got a sure backup plan. Darnold in the mix with San Francisco. Heineke to Atlanta. Brissett's in Washington now. I'm just throwing out examples here. The tight end market I find really interesting. Dalton Schultz, one-year deal. Mike Gesicki, one-year deal. Are the tight ends in this first round now attractive for Dallas to move up to go get a mayor or a Kincaid? The Panthers are spending to maybe surround a Stroud or a Young by established pros. Talked about the Lions secondary. So I guess what my long way of asking, we'll go to Luke first. What moves so far in free agency that have transpired? What are some that come to mind and make you think, okay, now I have a, maybe I have a better idea what X team might want to do with their draft pick early on. Yeah. So there's like, there's a couple um, teams like the Raiders getting Jimmy G that actually like strengthens my feel on them having interest on a guy like Richardson, uh, which like goes back to (laughs) the Trey Lance comparison, which is like actually (laughs) the guy where like, to me, Richardson is, if he doesn't go one, which right now I don't think he is, but Thomas Davis kind of threw out some feelers yesterday. Uh, But like teams like the Seahawks and the Raiders now after the Seahawks signed Gino and the Raiders signed Jimmy, make Richardson who's an, who's assumed a guy that can't start day one very plausible um, and then the Lions signing a couple of corners I don't think the consensus of them going corner at six 
is nearly as strong anymore. Yep. I think they very well could be in on a guy like Tyree Wilson um, or trade. I guess you could say I hate talking trades, but um, where I don't think corner should be a consensus. Um, and then like even further back, moves like Thielen leaving the Vikings, um, which is at, I think they're at 24. But right now, everyone's assuming that the Vikings are taking a corner. And I think, honestly, like they very well could be in the market for a wide receiver uh, where I have this like gal- galaxy brain comparison of if Thielen was Roddy White, <laughs> who left the Falcons, right, and Jordan Addison is Calvin Ridley to Julio, but to Jefferson, where as in stock is somewhat falling where I think like the mid twenties is like his range right now, where a team like the Vikings who just lost Thielen, who was like the route runner, et cetera, hoping to take heat off of Jefferson very well feels like a Calvin Ridley, who is Addison's comp to Julio, et cetera, Jefferson, uh, where those are like, that's a deeper one where everyone wants to focus on like the top 10 picks. I get it. Um, but things obviously happen later. Um, and a guy like Addison, I could see to the Vikings, I think tackles. And the other last one I have is. Well, and real quick, I want to jump into the other thing that's fascinating about that is the Giants pick 25th and they're connected to Jordan Addison as well. Which when and Minnesota's yeah. at 23. Minnesota's 23. Yeah. Like that is his range. Um, and then the last one is these tackles getting paid a ton. Uh, like tackles becoming the premium where the tackle position is being looked at as almost like quarterbacks where teams want that fifth year option now so that they don't have to pay them um, where there are a lot of tackles. And I think just purely based off of free agency and where the market is going with tackles, we could see more than normal go in the first round for financial reasons and fifth year options. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Orlando Brown, big contract with Cincinnati, Taylor to the Chiefs. The Texans, what's his name? Uh, gas mask guy. Tunzel, yeah. yeah. He's Extended. the one that reset everything. He's the highest paid tackle ever now. Travis, thoughts when you look at what's happened so far in free agency, do you have a little more clarity? And, and like, I think just to hammer this home, everybody that folks listening, like there are markets right now that are not available when we talk over under with picks, but these are things to think about when a Jordan Addison comes up on the board or is in that range or best of you're going to be you're on your you're on your living room couch you see Kuiper's best five available we're at like pick 18 and you're like oh look at this here come the Vikings here come the Giants or here comes Seattle just throwing out teams that could be in on a receiver these are the edges you can get by considering these things now um when you might want to place a bet ahead of time of course um or maybe in a live opportunity but Travis free agency what has it taught you about the market or what markets might look like for teams. Yeah. One of the markets that is available now is which team will Bijan Robinson go to. Um, and the Eagles were the favorite for that. And I'd never really bought into that. They're very into analytics and the analytics do not like taking running backs in the first round, much less as a high first rounder. Um, I, and now they, they signed Rashad Penny, who again, the analytics really like him when he's healthy. Uh, that's been his only <laughs> key. really issue is he, he can't stay healthy. But I do think that really kind of signals, hey, we're not interested in him, at least with their first first rounder. If he's snuck back to the second, maybe they do it. 
But um, so I think that's maybe one where, you know, where is Bijan going to go? Another one people thought was maybe Detroit, who really loves to pound the ball. They do. Well, they already have Swift and they signed David Montgomery. Are they? I don't think they're in the market for Bijan Robinson now. So whenever you're looking at those type of markets, some of the top teams that were favorites have already signed running backs and free agency. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to take them, but I, I think that lowers their odds and, you know, opens it up to some of these other teams. And Bijan is like the guy that's impossible to predict right now. Yep. And he, it really is impossible because he's probably the best running back to come out since Saquon, let's just say in, in no position has taken more of a hit in terms of valued across the league than running back while we have this like generational running back coming out. I'm, I'm seeing mocks have him in to the bills at 27 or to the Falcons at eight. Um, so his like range is so crazy, uh, but he's definitely on the first uh, where it, if you took his profile and he was like a tackle or a quarterback as highly rated, it'd be the number one pick automatic just because he's a running back uh, where yeah, this, yeah. I don't think he's going to fall out. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get past 20. I have no idea what team, but I don't think he's going to make it to past 20. Like, I just, it's in Christine, uh, <laughs> you like really now. I don't want to talk about Jeremiah too much, but he harped a point New England that felt so strong. Like, it really just changed my mindset on the position. But I want to say before the, before the combine, he made a point about he doesn't have a problem with teams that are win now drafting a running back in the first round. He has a problem with teams that are not in the win now drafting a running back in the first round and just wasting his prime years um, where a team that is winning now can utilize fifth year options, et cetera, and get him in his prime because the shelf life is so small that really is just going to be a waste on a bad team like the Falcons. I tend to agree at TN to the, the Jaguars, even though now their division's horrible. Um, who am I thinking of? Najee Harris with now that team was trying to win, I guess, with big Those are two playoff teams at the end. But the Clyde Edwards Alaire. Like, yeah. They were in win now mode, but man, what a waste of a pick in the first round and could have taken literally uh, anybody else. Everyone thought that was like the best pick ever, though, for what it's worth. Like he definitely. I thought well, this will happen. Great. It'll happen when Bijan gets taken too. We'll be like, oh, he was worth it. He was such a good pick. And then in three years, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So Bijan <laughs> Robinson plus 1,000 team to draft him, Philadelphia Eagles. You think that's playable right now? No, I don't think it is. Oh, you don't? No. I, I, because they signed, yeah, like I said, they signed Penny. They, they have, they basically already have three running backs on the roster. It's just okay. the way, the way their team, structure works they don't want to spend money on the running back room um i i don't think they're because they were the favorite at one point and i thought that was kind of silly now it's dallas uh, but they draft 26th so i'm trying to because luke doesn't think he's going past 20 yeah i mean like like we said this is like the wide, Washington he's the wild card he's yeah. the wild card yeah maybe <laughs> philly is just hyping him up to to trick dallas into taking him so yeah that is like <laughs> There is no way to bet. Like, if there's one market you just can't bet into, it's Bichon because Got it. his, like, his standard deviation on my sheet like is breaking standard deviation. Like, it is just his, like, every team could take, it's just, 
I, I yeah, just literally speechless about trying to predict where he's going because no one has any idea. Because <laughs> it's just such a wild card position. And Chargers are high on the board too. Chargers but... would be the one. We're like, I oh, do like they a... would. They would do something like that. New coordinator. Eckler's not happy. I mean, I do a gut mock every like week or so where I just like fire out a mock track myself off the whim where I don't think I just do it. And I had, I put him group think to, no group think. Yeah. I just do it. Um, and even though I don't, I still don't think he's going to get past 20. Like there just weren't any teams that I was drafting him with. And I think I was right when they franchised Pollard. It was the last one I did and let Zeke go. So I put Bijan to the Cowboys, which feels like perfect coming from Texas, et cetera. And then mm-hmm. I hit submit and, Immediately, I wanted to swap it out with the Chargers because, like, Chargers at 21 is definitely kind of that, like, perfect value spot for him where you're not reaching on a running back, but at the same time, like, him falling to 21, like, slam. Um, which, if he falls, he's good enough that a team could trade up. That's like, like, watch, like, the Chiefs trade up for him or something. Jesus. Please, no. <laughs> Now, there's no market for a team to draft Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid. I bring up tight ends because I, I did find the the Dalton Schultz, the Mike Gesicki one-year prove-it deals. I, I, I bring that up not because of the teams that made those moves, but the teams that decided to move on. So Dallas is another one. They don't have Schultz. And D- Dallas, I'm, now I'm really intrigued by Dallas because of this, the, the running back, but also you bring in older players, Gilmore on at corner, Hooks as the second receiver, but Schultz has been a binky for Dak Prescott when all, you know, to see the end of that game against San Francisco, yeah. who was he going to? Um, do either of you have a thought on the developments of, of Mayer and Kincaid or, or, or teams, do those deals for those tight ends tell you about the market for free agent tight ends and now, okay, hey, these guys are going to be highly coveted earlier in the first round potentially. Tight end so, is tough because – oh, go ahead, Luke. No, go ahead. Go. Okay, I was going to say – because usually that's a position that doesn't contribute very much in year one. It always takes them a year, um, you know, just to kind of learn the offense because they have so much to do. So they're basically they're basically a receiver and an O-lineman all wrapped into one position. Yep. But uh, so, like, the team's in the win-now mode. Like Dallas, it's tough to just bring in a rookie, although they do have another tight end. I mean, it's not the only one on the roster, so um, – I, I do think this is one of the best tight end classes in a while. I, I think you could see three, maybe even sneak in four to the first round, uh, especially way, the way teams are using tight ends as kind of the move tight end as just another receiver and not just kind of the blocking specialists that they you know used to be. So I think the way that's moving, um, you are going to see more of those. So maybe there are some teams that are saying, hey, let's just wait. We don't need to sign one of these guys. We'll just see which one of these four kind of fall in our lap and take our shot on them. Yeah. And like right now, like I agree with Travis, like this is probably one of the better tight end classes in a while where the two top guys between Mayer and Kincaid are kind of polar opposites where you have Mayer, somewhat of like the old school Gronk where he can block and receive where he's not like the elite playmaker receiver. Then you have Kincaid who is like Kelsey, who is just the elite pass catcher with not blocking really. Um, but then at the same time, you got guys like Washington, who's like six, eight, 
alpha. And then you have Luke Musgrave who has all the measurables. Like there's like three or four tight ends behind those two that in any other year probably would have a case to go in the first round. Um, and very well could if a team falls in love with them. Mm-hmm. But the issue right now is there really isn't a consensus on what teams, because it is such a wild card position, there isn't really a consensus on what teams we're going to pinpoint in the first round going tight end. Like right now, there's some, there was the Packers love going tight end. That's kind of fading. Mm-hmm. Seen some Washington. You think that's fading with Tanya now? The Packers are like, wide receiver tight end like it's but like we just don't like they they are a possible team um and then you have the lions at 18 who are becoming like probably the favorite to be the first team with them losing hawkinson yep and just becoming a total contender Um, and then you have chargers are one of the teams chargers cowboys and then like the consensus team that's taking a tight end up until now is the Bengals at 28 like every mock draft you see is basically just putting a tight end to the Bengals at 28, whichever guys left between the two. Um, but really figuring out what teams where they're so different, where mayor, I don't even know. I like Kincaid more, uh, but I think Mayer's more of like plug and play. He can win or like Travis said, it's a position that usually they start to develop in their second or third year where, Mayor just feels like plug and play. He's good to go. Or Kincaid might take a little longer. Cincinnati makes sense. 28th pick. They lost Hayden Hurst to the Carolina Panthers. So he, Hayden Hurst is the exception to what I brought up. One year prove it deals. He got a three-year deal with Carolina. So, uh, but that's, again, I think that relates to them taking a quarterback early and putting some veterans, uh, skill players on the offense. Okay. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up with uh, some bets that, and you might and you might not have many at this stage. I understand that. We have five more episodes to go before draft week, including the week of the draft. What bets would you recommend or or even not recommend? So I thought that was a good lesson to learn there. We we talk so much about um uh the running back coming out of Texas and um uh Bijan Robinson. Sorry if I drew a blank on his name. Don't go near that, even though because what Philadelphia did. Good, okay, good, got it. Thank you. What about what we might want to do now? Luke first. Uh, so right now, the only, like, I think the best bet is no bet with the current market. Uh, we are, uh, from what I've been told, over-unders are coming out this week. Um, and I, in everything that's been available to this point has been available for a while and basically has just been bled dry. Um, I really don't think there's any value out there. So, yeah, like I would honestly just start prepping, start being ready. Cause when the overrunners come out, they're going to move fast and things are going to get taken off and it is going to be, it is a very sensitive market and being ready to react when they do come out, I think is probably most important thing because numbers are going to fly. Guys are going to get taken off and put back up. Um, so honestly, like, I know that's not, <laughs> we're a sports betting podcast, but Currently, at the current state of the market, there really isn't anything. If anything, I mean, maybe like Jackson Ajimba feels like he's becoming the consensus favorite to be a first wide receiver taken. Um, if there's plus odds anywhere, I guess. Uh, but he was a lot better a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I'd be shocked if someone went ahead of him. Um, 
really, yeah. No, that's the least sexy answer ever. Um, <laughs> but we are very close. Like I was borderline worried that the overrunners were gonna go out while we were recording this. Um, so any minute now, like literally any minute they better or because we're I'm getting to the point of breaking. Well, don't break the don't break the sexy meter, or maybe do break it so it can it get better. Travis, why don't you take us home here? Anything you like to play now, or anything that you're just keeping maybe keeping an eye on? I think is another way of looking at this too. Yeah, I, I do agree. Um, just looking at my composite rankings, I have uh, Smith and Jigba at 11. Then the next is like Addison at like the 20 range that we talked about. So I do think he's firmly in that number one. Um, another one that I think is close is the first offensive lineman taken. Uh, Skaronsky is first at 11.4, then Paris Johnson, 11.6. The guy that's been really rising in that market is Broderick Jones. Okay. Uh, now I'm at 14.5. So he's kind of moved up, like I talked about earlier, in that same tier. And he's currently five to one to be the first offensive lineman taken. Um, so that's when I could see if you like taking a shot that he could leap those other two. Uh, I mentioned on the last uh, pod that Skaronsky, some people think he's more of a right tackle, whereas Broderick Jones, um, maybe more teams will think of him as a left tackle. So uh, that could be a, an, another step in that direction. So he's kind of that guy that's been rising to catch those other two. So I think five to one, that's a decent stab uh, for that market. All right. Excellent. Fellas, good stuff. Luke Swain, Travis Reed, you can find their uh, work over at Action Network and also uh, each and every week when we come to you live for our NFL Draft betting update here on the Action Network podcast. We will join you again midweek next week. We're here every week up until draft week when the draft begins Thursday, April 27th. Thanks so much for listening. Brendan Glasheen signing off from the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. We'll catch you next time. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.